Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6. Again, it's so good to see everybody here. I thank everybody for watching on Facebook and all those that will see this on our television program. We're getting this word out, amen? We're getting the gospel out. If you want to entitle this message today, you can entitle it Master, Master. Say that with me, Master. We're dealing with masters today. We're dealing with lordships today. Now, Matthew 6, 21. Let's open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for anointing my mouth. I am your mouthpiece. I speak what you tell me to say. And Father, I thank you that your words do not return void. But they accomplish what you please. And they prosper in every area you send them out to. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy that's covering each and every one of us so that we can do what we've been called to do. We thank you for grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Matthew 6, 21. Look at this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want everybody to read that with me out loud. For where your treasure is, come on. There will your heart be also. Let's read that one more again. For where your treasure is, there will your heart, or you can say you, be also. Let me ask you a question. Who is your master? Who masters over you? Who lords over you? Who who are you a servant to? Because, let me say it to you like this, your master is determined by your location. That's what this scripture is saying. Listen to what the Spirit says. For where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. So in other words, he says, wherever your heart is located, I can find your master. I can find who you are serving, who is lording over you. Think about it like this. The word says, whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. So what is it saying? Whatever your focus is determines your location. How do I find out where you are? It's easy. I will find out where you are by where your focus is. Are you seeing how all this unfolds? So let me ask you again. Who is your master? Who lords over you? Who dictates what you're going to do? I want you to see that. Now look at Matthew 6.24. So now because we can see that, let's look at Matthew 6.24. No man can serve how many masters? Two masters. For either he will hate the one or love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? Mammon. Now, I know you've heard this scripture before, and you've heard people talk about you can't serve God and money. But I'm going to open wide your perspective. I'm going to open your eyes up real wide for you to see past one little thing. 
Now, again, so look at this. Matthew 6, 21, he says, where your heart is, there your treasure is. And then he says, no man can serve two masters. This is all in the same passage. No man can serve two masters. So what did Jesus say about this statement? You are never above a master. Never. Everyone, by the sound of my voice, whether in this building or through social media, everybody under the sound of my voice, you are enslaved to something. Do you know that you've never had an original thought? Well, you know, I just decided I would do this and I decided I would do that. No, you didn't. Somebody influenced you. Come on, that's how you were created. God created you not to have an original thought. He created you to be influenced by something. So let me say this again. You are enslaved to someone. You have a master. You will never reach the place. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how much knowledge you have of the kingdom of God. You will never reach the place where you will not have a master. Jesus said it like this. He said, the servant is never above the master. You know what that means? He says, you'll never past, you'll never get past mastership. Are, are y'all getting this? So I can find out where your master is by where you are located. How do I know where you're located? Where your heart is. Now, so you've never had an original thought. You will serve. I don't serve nobody. I make my own decisions in life. No, you don't. I'm, I'm not talking about being in church. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about I don't care anybody on this planet. You are serving something. You, watch this, you are serving something and you have a master. I don't care how much independent you think you are, whatever. All right, so you will serve. You will be devoted. And you will have a master. But wait a minute. What about this teaching that we do, especially here, about having dominion and power? What about that? How can, how can I have dominion over everything? How can I have power over this and that if I will have a master? Doesn't that kind of contradict this message of uh, dominion and power and authority that, that Christ has given the church? Well, let's look at it. You will have a master, but, somebody say but, but you decide who is your master. So this is not the, uh, this is not the kind of slave, uh, the slavehood that we are familiar with where somebody forces you into mass, into lording over you and you don't have a choice. No, see, watch, this is what God says. God says you will have a master. You will serve something. You will be devoted to something. You will worship something. But you and you alone decide who you are going to worship. Come on. You decide who's going to lord over you. You decide who is going to be your master. You decide. Notice what he says right here. He says you cannot serve both. You will serve. You will be devoted. But it will either, to be, it will either be to God or whom? Something else. But you decide. Turn to your neighbor and say, you decide. You decide. 
You, you can't, listen to me, you can't say the devil made me do it, this made me do it, that made me do it. No, you decide who lords over you. So I, watch this, I will never get past the place of having a master. Never. I am going to serve something. I am going to be enslaved to something or someone. But the thing is, is what will I decide? What will I choose? Now let me get technical before I lose you. And you think that I'm just up here rambling about something. Let me go to the Bible to prove to you what I'm saying. Now how many is familiar with the scripture where Jesus said, Anybody who sins is a what? Slave to sin. Is that not what your word says? Anybody who sins is a what? Slave to sin. So basically Jesus said this. Anybody who commits sin, sin is your master. All right? And then he says in James, it says God does not tempt you to sin because he can't be tempted. But notice what it says. It says you are tempted to sin. You commit sin because you are drawn away and enticed by your own flesh ah so let's put it all together and what do we got we got the recipe of this you will have a master you will be enslaved to somebody but you choose who you are enslaved to I just gave you the word you choose the devil can't choose for you. Now, he can entice you, right? He can put up billboards. He can do this and do that. But at the end of the day, you decide. And now, I want to make clear in here today. I'm, I didn't come to teach about being enslaved to sin. That's not what I've come to teach and preach about. No, I've come to talk about masters. That's what I've come to deal with. Now, you, now we can have this quote, as the church says, what they consider holy. Right? And what's their quote of holiness? If you don't cuss, if you don't drink, if you don't do this or do that, you are holy. But can I tell you something? That you can be that quote unquote holy and still be enslaved and still have a master that is not God. <laughs> Somebody needs to say amen or oh me. You still be enslaved, still serving the wrong thing. So let, we got to ask ourselves what is mammon? Now, many people have told you it's, it's money. That's just one definition. If you look at this word mammon, it is money. It is anything that you treasure above God. Now, how many knows that everybody doesn't treasure money above God. Many people, they treasure people above God. They treasure material things above God. They treasure a drink above God. We can go on and on and on and on down the list. They treasure being self-righteous. There's many, oh, y'all weren't ready for that one. There's many things that people, so what is your mammon? God says, you can't serve two. You, you're gonna, this is the law. This is the way things are. You will be devoted to one. You will serve one. You will have a master. But the question is, what is your master? What are you devoted to? Come on. What is your mammon? 
Look now, let's read the rest of the passage. Now go to verse 24 and we're going to go all the way to verse 34. All right? Now look here. He says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other. He will hold to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and something else that you treasure above God. Where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be. Next verse for me, Dave. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you will drink. Yet uh, for your body what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Next verse. Behold the fowls of the air, for they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor do they gather in their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much better than you? Next verse. Which of you, by taking thought, (coughs) somebody say taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Next verse. And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. For the, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Next verse. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Next verse. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Next verse. Therefore, take no thought. Say it again. Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherefore all shall we be clothed? Next verse. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Next verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Next verse, is that all right? Therefore take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient is the day of evil, is the evil of that day, right? Now this word evil is one, is only used one time in the Greek and it's right here. It's better understood, the cares of life. Sufficient is the busyness, the things that pop up today. Focus on them. Now, you say, why did you read all of that passage? I need you to see something. Listen to this mystery that Jesus is saying. To understand what he is saying here, you've got to know this about the kingdom of God. The word of God, because as humans, watch this, we tend to look at the branches and the leaves instead of looking at the roots. Now, what do I mean by that statement? We tend to take what the Word of God is saying and we take it as looking at branches and leaves and we don't look at the root of what the Word of God is saying. Now, oftentimes the Word of God will take a natural thing, which are branches and leaves, to describe and help you to understand a spiritual thing, which are roots. Everything in the natural has a root in the spirit. So watch, here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's a reason that Jesus keeps saying, why do you take thought? Say that with me. Why do you take thought? 
You look at this passage and you say, Jesus is dealing with things. We, we shouldn't be so focused on things. Uh, we shouldn't be focused on what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to be clothed with. Listen to me. That's branches. That's leaves. Are you hearing me? Everybody with me? That's just branches and leaves. Jesus was just using a natural thing to explain a spiritual thing. Look at the root. Look at the root. Why take you thought? I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I can't focus here. I can't focus there because this is going on. That's going on. This is taking place. That's taking place. And Jesus said, why are you taking thought of these things? His emphasis was not on things, but watch this. His main purpose of saying this was for you to pay attention to what you are focusing on. Why? Watch this. Are you getting this? Because where your heart is, where your treasure is, is there is going to be where your heart is. Where is your location? Because wherever your location is, there's, there is where your master is. Then he goes on to say, watch this, then he goes on to say, no man can serve two masters. What does he mean by that statement? He says, take no thought, take no thought, take no thought, take no thought. Hey, take no thought. Is everybody putting all the pieces together? How, watch this. How do you determine... Now, I told you, you have a choice who you will serve. You have a choice what becomes your master. But the question is, I never answered this question. The question is, how does something become your master? How do you become enslaved to something? Let's go back to what Jesus said. Are you ready? Take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought. Why do you take thought? Why are you focused on this? Why are you focused on that? Because here's what Jesus was saying. No man can serve two masters. You will either serve God or you will either serve something else. And he says, because you are focusing and your thoughts are on this over here, this over here, you're becoming enslaved to it. It is becoming your master. So let me say it to you like this to lay it down clearly. Whatever your main focus is, whatever you are constantly focused on and thinking about becomes your master. You decide who you're going to serve. You decide what <clears throat> is going to enslave you. But watch this. This is how you decide it. You decide it by your thoughts. By your thoughts. If I ask you, if I ask some of you right now, what keeps you up at night? What keeps you stressed out? What keeps you in anxiety? You would say, well, this care right here, this thing right here, that thing right there. Now, why? Watch this. How did it get the power to be able to do that? Would you like for me to tell you? I'll tell you why. You were taking thought. Nothing can enslave you unless you take thought of it. 
Are you hearing me? Nothing can enslave you unless you take thought of it. See, the, all this time we were reading this passage, we were looking at the leaves and the branches. We were missing what the root of what Jesus was saying. It wasn't about, most of us are not going around, what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink, what are we going to wear? That was just branches. Are you hearing me? That was just leaves on the tree. The root of what Jesus was saying was, is what you are focused on determines what you're going to serve. What, watch this. You determine your master by your thought life. You determine it. He says, because you are taking thought of this and taking thought of that, you are enslaving yourself to that. And what are, whatever you are enslaved to, that's who you will serve. That's what you'll worship. Now, again, some people it's money, some people it's something else. Over here, it's something else. There is not one specific thing. But you choose. I want you to see that. You can't say, well, I'm missing God because this is popping up in my life, that's popping No, you are missing God because you chose to focus on something else. You chose to make something else your master. You've never had an original thought. I need to say that one more time. If you, watch this. If you are here today, it's because something influenced you to be here. And I'm going to prove that here in just a second. So Jesus, watch this. The reason Jesus keeps saying take no thought is because thoughts, the thoughts that you take decide whom you serve. The thoughts you take, if you don't believe that, you look at media. They implant thoughts to get you to serve a specific agenda. That's just one. Look at music. What is music? It is the imposing of what? Their thoughts. People write their thoughts as lyrics and they give them to you. And as you listen to it, what happens? They implement their thoughts into you. Are you listening to me? What about fashion? I can look around right now and I can see who has influenced you in your fashion. Do you know that? Whatever you're wearing in here today, it is because you looked at somebody else, they influenced you, you said, I like that, and now you implemented it into your own life. So what I'm telling you is, listen to me, I know we preach all the time that we are original. We are original. You know, there's nobody like us. That may be. But God created you to be influenced. Whether it's media, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's something else, God created you to be influenced by other things, by their thoughts. That's why I'm, tell that's why I'm telling you that nobody in here is above a master. Nobody in here is above serving something else. You will serve something else. You will be enslaved. You will have a master. The question is, what will you decide? Now, what you take 
Say this with me. What I take becomes my master. Now notice what Jesus said. He did not say, why did you have that thought pop in your head? He never said that. Because, let me tell you something, as long as you are in this life, as long as you are in this world, you are going to have thoughts enter in that are not yours. Come on, you need to hear me. The enemy is constantly trying to implement thoughts into you. God is constantly trying to implement thoughts into you. Society is constantly trying to implement thoughts in you. But you need to recognize, what is it that I need to think on and what is it that I don't need to think on? He said, don't take a thought. He never said, why did that thought even enter your mind to begin with? No, no, no. Satan has the ability to give you a thought. And as long as you're here on this, in, in this world, don't be shocked when you get bad thoughts or this or that. What you need to say is, that is not my thought. I don't take it. That's not my thought. So he says, why are you taking a thought? Because when you take, when you enter it, it's not a sin to be tempted Come on, that's what he said. It's not a sin when you are tempted. It's a sin when you give in to it. So it's not, watch this. Your error is not having a bad thought enter in. The error is, is you take it and you keep it. I'm talking about masters today. Look, look at 631. It says, therefore, take no thought what? Say it one more time. Therefore, take no thought what? How, watch this, Jesus just used these examples. He used an example about what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? But then he shows you how you take it. Watch how you take it, watch. Why take you thought, how? Saying it. Oh. See, when you have these bad thoughts enter into your mind, you can't outthink them. I need somebody to hear me today. You can't outthink. How do you override a thought? You override a thought by speaking something else different than that thought. See, what we do is, is we get these bad thoughts in and we entertain them and we entertain it and, we, and then we try to think something differently. No, you don't combat a thought with another thought. You combat a thought with what? Words. See, my God. Every time the word of God should be spoken out loud because that's the way it originally came forth. Are you hearing me? No, y'all didn't get it. Watch this. God never wrote his word down. He spoke it first. Somebody say, he spoke it first. So the only way, watch this, the only way you gain power over your thoughts is you say the right thing. You speak the right words. You override that bad thought. When the enemy says you're not going to make it, come on, you override that thought not with another thought. 
Because you'll find out that that thought is still there and it's lingering around and it's hanging around. No, but you have to open up your mouth and say, My God has already made me more than a conqueror. His plans for me are not destruction, but He has a hope and a future for me. What I just spoke to you was not fantasy. What I just spoke to you was literally the Word of God. Notice Paul says we pull down strongholds. We take every thought captive. Well, how do you do that? You don't do that by just in here in your mind saying, I think I can. No, you do that by the Word of God. Why do you take thought saying? What does that mean? Let's go to another verse. Everybody's familiar with this. You ready? Out of the abundance of the what? The mouth will do what? Did he say might? Did he say maybe? He said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So let me say it to you like this. (laughs) You revealed to me. Now, how many knows I can't read your thoughts unless God reveals it to me? I can't read your thoughts. But guess what? Your mouth will project them for me. Your mouth will display to everyone who your master is. We never thought of it that way, did we? Let me say it again. Your mouth will declare... Whom you serve. Because, watch this, let's put every every one of these verses together. Number one, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Number two, whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Number three, your location determines who your master is. Where I when I find your location, in other words, where I find where your heart is, I'll find your master. Billy Graham said it like this. He said, I can always tell where a man's heart is by where his check... I can look at his checkbook. You give me somebody's checkbook for a little bit and let me look through it and I'll show you where their heart is. That's what Billy Graham said. But that's just one example. And then, right here, Jesus says this. Take no thought saying. Saying what? Out of the abundance of the heart is what you will say. All right, so let's put it all together. This bad thought comes in. You entertain it. You keep thinking about it. You keep thinking about it. You keep thinking about it until guess what? Guess what? It will come out of your mouth. The enemy says you're not going to make it. And then you begin to think about all the scenarios on how you're not going to make it. Come on. And you think about it, you think about it, you think about it. What are you doing? You're taking thought. You're taking, watch this. And then before you know it, it comes flying out of your mouth. I'm telling you right now, if something doesn't change, we're not going to make it. Is that not it? As soon as you did that, you took that thought as your own. You are, it is now your master. You are enslaved. Listen. 
Verse 34. Look at verse 34. It says, Therefore take no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow will take thought of the things of itself. If the king, or I should have went to uh, go back to a few verses where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom. Look at what this says. Verse 33, maybe, verse 33. All right, but seek you first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If the kingdom of God is not the first thing you are seeking, then something else is your master. Let me say it one more time. This is what Jesus was saying. He's saying, let me, show, let me tell you, how you know if something else is your master. You can't serve two different things. You either serve one or the other. Let me show you how. If the kingdom of God is not your first and foremost seeking, it's not, God's not your master, something else is. i tell you one thing, I love God. Ooh, I love God. What's wrong with you? I love God. I'm, I'm telling you, I, you know, I serve God. I do. You'll show me by how you treat the things of God. You, if you're not coming to church, if you're not opening up that word, if you're not spending time in prayer, if you're not, you know, doing everything that God has told you to do, then watch this. Something else is my master. <clears throat> But watch this. I got good news for you. Our God is smart. <laughs> Look at somebody. Did you just did that just dawn on you? Our God is very smart. Did you know that? And so God knew all this. So let me tell you what God did. God had a remedy. Now, how do I know this? Because watch this. Before the foundations of the world, Christ was slain. Is that right? Before the foundations of the world, Christ was slain. So when all this happened with Adam and Eve, God wasn't like, man, I can't believe this happened. He already knew it was going to happen. All right, so God has a remedy. God knows that we will take thoughts that we should not take. Come on. How many in here can agree sometimes we take thoughts we shouldn't take come on sometimes we say things we shouldn't say sometimes we put things in in ahead and in front of God's place come on somebody say amen so God said I'll make a remedy I know how man is I know that man cannot set themselves free so I'm going to help them here's what he did I want you to see this look at Hebrews 10:16 Look at this scripture. You need to look at it with your eyes. Hebrews 10, 16. God says, this covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their what? In other words, God says, I will implement. I know that man has never had an original thought. I know that they are easily influenced by outside things. So God says, I will implement I will influence myself. I will put my thoughts into man. You see, when you, watch this. Lord have mercy. 
you can't even take credit for getting saved. Bless God, one day I just decided to follow you. No, you didn't. God drew you. Come on. He drew, he drawed you to him. So I want you to see something. He put that thought in. You know what? Life would be a lot better if I gave my life to Christ. You know what? I'm tired of doing this thing my way. Who do you think implemented those thoughts in your head? I'm sorry. I, I know you wanted to take credit for all of that. Bless God, I just feel like this is a season where I just want to get closer to God. I, you know, I've just got such a, I've got a renewing of hunger and desire for God. I'm just going to go after God like never before. Who do you think insinuated that? The Bible itself says that God, watch this, it is Him that puts in you to do His will. You can't even take credit for doing the will of God. You can't even take credit for your faithfulness because it is God who implemented these thoughts for you to choose. You know what? I think I'll be faithful to God. So God says, I've got a remedy for men. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God has a remedy for you. He wants to break off your other masters. Somebody needs to say amen. He wants to pull you out of slavemanship and he wants to do that by implementing his thoughts into you he said I will put my laws what is his laws it's his thoughts if, if you're in here this morning you say I want to know the thoughts of God I want to know what God thinks about this and thinks about that read his book he, it literally tells you what his thoughts are now that that's not all the Bible says he gives us his spirit Oh, what's the excitement about that? When God gives us His Spirit, the Bible says, Who can know the mind of God? But we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we have His Spirit. Somebody say, if I have His Spirit, come on, I have His mind. I can tap into the mind of God because I have His Spirit within my spirit. Somebody needs to say amen. So God says, I will implement my thoughts into them. I will entice them. I will influence them. So watch this. You are one thought away from turning in the right direction. Just one thought. Everybody hold a one up right there. One thought. You need to know something in here. Some, so many times we're under the delusion that we can think in one direction and physically go in another direction. It doesn't work that way. Whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The thought, listen to me. How does something become your master? I've already told you. How does it? By the thoughts you take. That's what becomes your master. So I'm telling you, listen to me. If you think you're going to be taking the wrong thoughts, the thoughts of the enemy... And you're going to physically serve God and go His way and His direction. It's not going to happen. Your mind and the rest of you has to be going in the same direction. So God says, I will put... This is the new covenant. Somebody say, this is the new covenant. See, the old covenant was on tablets of stone. 
the mind of God wasn't within them. But God says, I'm going to make a new covenant. A co- Watch this. Notice what he says. This is the language he said. He said, nobody's going to have to tell you to know God. He said, you're going to know him for yourself. Nobody's going to have to try to beat you over the head. You need to serve God. You need to serve God. You're going to take it upon yourself. You want to know why? Because God said, I'm going to influence you. I'm going to draw you. I'm going to entice you. Before you got saved, did you ever look at God and say, you know what? This God, he sounds really good. Now, I'm sure some of you have had a taste of religion that told you that God is just waiting to catch you at the right place so he can just beat the snot out of you. You just live up one time, big boy. God's looking for ways to bless you. Are you hearing me? He's looking for ways to bless you, to help you. (laughs) Now, you're one thought away. Hold that one more time. You're one thought away. I don't care how dried up you are right now. You may be spiritually dried up. You may have been in a dry spell. You may have been in a wilderness. Do you know, though, that you are one thought away from going in the right direction? You've done it before. You've been in a dry spell, and then all of a sudden a thought comes to your head. You know what? I think I'll get in the Word more today. I, you know, I, th- I just got, I don't know why, but I just feel like spending more time today in His presence. I'm sorry, honey. You've never had an original thought. But on the contrary, you look at so-and-so and you say, why did they fall away? Why did they walk away from God? Because they listened to these thoughts. Man, this ain't working out. How long are you going to have to wait? Man, look, you're doing this, you're doing that. It's not getting any better. Who do you think gave them those, those thoughts? I have one more scripture. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8. Listen to this. This is good. I know y'all have heard this scripture ever since you, you were a little baby. But let's just read it one more time. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are what? Honest. Whatsoever things are what? Just. Whatsoever things are what? Pure. Whatsoever things are what? Lovely. Whatsoever things are what? Good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any what? Praise. Think on these things. Let me say it one more time. Think on these things. Why do you take thought of these things? When I want you to take thought of these things. This is God implementing his thoughts into you. Do you catch the revelation of this verse? I don't think you do. It hit me yesterday. I said, Lord, that's good. Watch this. This is what God is saying on this verse. Listen very closely. God says this. He says, the more you think on these things, the more you take thought of these things, you become enslaved to them. Watch, 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 watch. You'll become enslaved to what's true. 
you'll refuse a lie. You'll despise a lie. Anytime the enemy comes to you and presents a lie to you, you won't, you won't have nothing to do with it. When he says God's not going to do what he said, when he said God's not going to do what he promised, you don't. it goes in one ear and out the other. Why? Because all you've been thinking about is what's true. And now, guess what? You've become a enslaved or a slave to truth. It has become your master. You have to serve it. Are you listening to me? And when you begin to think on whatever is honest and whatever is just, that is what you become enslaved to. You will do the right thing. Come on, I said you will do the right thing even when it's not easy. Why? Because you're bound. I'm enslaved to it. I have to. Come on, somebody say, I have to. Why? Because I've taken thought. God said, take these thoughts. Take these thoughts of whatever's true and honest and just because that's what will become your master. I told you God's got a remedy. And then, then what's he say? He said, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's a good report. How many's got enough bad reports around you? But it won't enslave you. When you think on good reports, the more you take those thoughts of praise and good reports of the Lord, guess what? You will become enslaved to them and they will become your master. So when the bad reports come, it will not shake you. It won't shake you. It won't move you. I didn't say they wouldn't come. I said they won't shake you. God says, I know you'll be influenced. Okay. I know there's going to be some outside forces that try to change your thinking and try to make you think this and think that. But I got a remedy. I've given you the power to choose your master. And how do I choose it? I choose it by the thoughts that I take. God laid this out. He said, you, you choose the thoughts you take. Here's the thoughts. Choose. Take them. It's the same language that he told the Israelites. He said, I, I'll give before you today a, de a decision. Life or death, blessing or curse, you choose. But here's the one you choose. He, he gives you the answer. We, <laughs> we serve the God who gives you the answer to the test. It's an open book test. When this... When these things are trying to enslave you. When these things are trying to grip you. Thoughts are not just thoughts. They are strongholds. Do you understand? How many, how many knows and is well acquainted with the strongholds of the enemy? You don't see any other way. You don't see past it. It is literally a fortress. And you look to yourself and you say, how can I get free from that? How can I be free? How can I break free? God tells you right here. You want a natural example, but it had a supernatural result? Paul and Silas was in a physical prison bound and shackled 
But the Bible says they didn't get in there and say, why is this happening to us? Uh, look at this. I mean, we've been preaching the gospel. We've been faithful. We've been doing this. So-and-so's out there. They, they being blessed and all that. This is how people talk all the time. So-and-so's got their promise. So-and-so's blessed, and I'm still here. This. They didn't do any of that. They just literally decided to think on whatever was good. Just, pure, honest. If there was any virtue... Now, how many knows that if there was a time for them to, it would be hard to find if there be any praise, if there be any good report, it was right then and there. They had just got beaten, and they were now shackled with soldiers on each side in a prison for doing nothing but the right thing. It would have been really hard to find if there be any praise. If there be any good report. And sometimes you find yourself in a similar situation. Where it is hard. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Is there any praise? Is there any good report here? But they found it. And the Bible says. That as they begin to think on these things. What happened? They took thought. What? Same. They literally open their mouth and begin to praise God. And the Bible says that as they begin to praise God, guess what happened? That that seemed unbreakable was broken. That that seemed no escape was busted wide open. I'm telling you, you will serve something. You will be a slave to something. The question is, who is your master? Who is your master? Because the thoughts that I take determines who I serve. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.